0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Rebel Influencer Podcast. Before we get started today with our very special, awesome, pink-haired guest, that's the little clue there, um, I just (laughs) want to say a massive thank you to Amy Polly, who is the Mindfulness Rebel. She's amazing. Taz, actually, if you haven't met Amy, you definitely need to. Uh, But without further ado Taz please do introduce yourself
1: what's your official title Taz I don't even know just My awesome. official title Taz well <laughs> it depends who you're speaking to some will come with the pink powerhouse some will come with the super soul coach some people have come with the UK's best female motivational speaker Kent Business Radio called me the most ex- exciting speaker in the UK so best selling author any of the above really I love it
0: I do and actually because I've known you for quite a long time at this point I agree with all of the above you're just a legend just a flipping legend so Taz tell everybody what you do because it's hard to put into words just how much you impact people's lives
1: well the nutshell version is that I'm a coach speaker and speaker trainer and an author but there's so much more than that so with individuals i work with people on everything from confidence through to making sure that the vision they have for be- for business aligns with their soul because for me if somebody's in it just for the cash or just for the ego but there's no soul alignment well that's building castles on cardboard foundations and i have no interest in that whatsoever so one to one coaching on everything from business visibility personal brand confidence and, yes, of course, making the money, because if you're doing all this shit and it's not doing anything for you, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. But Amen. I also, with Asha, right, yeah, run 30-month and three-year spiritual empowerment programs, which build in lots of stuff from – there's NLP in there, there's coaching in there, there's talk therapy, there's um, some medicine path teachings. There's also extreme empowerment, she says in air quotes, so firewalking, <laughs> walking. sometimes we bury people alive, um, crazy stuff like wow. that. <laughs> and, yeah, and then I speak on stages and teach other people to do the same. Done three TED talks now, and probably a few more yet. I think.
0: Got a th- few more Andy about I believe yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Has how did you get into this, in, into this field? Because as we both know, this space has mm-hmm. become. Wild and <laughs> noisy, and it's a bit wild west out there. Honestly, like sometimes I poke my head out, and I'm like, right, I'm ready to go back into my box and just do me. <laughs> um, how did you get into this space? Because it is a very noisy, aggressive space. Unfortunately, sometimes.
1: Um, is it aggressive? I, th- I think whether whether or not we see the space as aggressive depends on who is surrounding ourselves but with them and, and what we've curated our social feeds to be i reckon so i don't see it as aggressive there are some um a-holes out there but i think there are in in any profession how did i get into it um i was right at the top of the corporate tree in in publishing uh, b2b publishing by the time i i left with the directorship for what at the time was one of the world's biggest multinational publishing companies but it wasn't mm-hmm. filling me up and it took a breakdown it took Attempting my life a, a couple of times. Um, it took burnout, it took what I flippantly describe as my eight weeks of hell. So I had this eight-week period where my uncle died, my dad died, my financial future as I thought it was mapped out, was ripped ripped from beneath me like that. She says clicking her fingers. Uh, my wife was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and then made redundant my parents uh, house was well, the, the outbuildings at least were broken into on the one night I went away for work. hello guilt, let's have a bit of that um, and I crashed. I carried on working for four years after that but in hindsight I can look back and say I was working through a breakdown and something had to be done that couldn't keep me and I ultimately came to the decision that the, not a decision a realization that the one thing that 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 filled me up, and pulled me out of my antidepressant-induced funk um, was was helping other people. Mm -hmm. So I spent a bit of time doing that as much as I could within corporate confines um, and then set out on my own, bravely stepped into the world of self-employment. I kept a little bit of a safety zone at first. When I first got out, I worked with my wife, Asher, in, in reforming her business and taking it from copywriting into full service digital marketing PR she she, she does book, book publishing and content coaching under the same brand now and then the agreement was that as soon as I built up enough of a clientele doing my weird coachy thing because back then I mean I left corporate in 2010 and back yeah. then you, you do what? what what do you mean you're a coach What it what what what, what I mean, what's that then and now, it
0: was very American it was very yeah. American I mean I grew up with like Tony Robbins and yep. the, you know the big male American coaches yep. in the yep. UK, it wasn't really that yeah. tapped into. Obviously, now it's very different. And you said, so yeah. I I said about the industry being quite aggressive, and you said, you know it is unless you curate your feed effectively, like, and that's really important because yeah, for me it doesn't matter what industry you're in if you're choosing to show up and use social media the people that you surround yourself with both online and offline is crucial in my opinion Especially. to staying yeah. remotely sane i mean yeah. you know it's 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 our life isn't it it's our yeah. life and i think yeah. a lot of people spend a lot of time um online and yeah. absorbing information and energy from people that they probably wouldn't necessarily tolerate in the in real life space Talk to me about what people can do about that because I know that there are so many people that are desperately unhappy and it's not, I don't even want, to, there's no blame because it might be that there's an envy there or some little sort of yep. jealousy or, yep. you know, I think we, we, even the most honest and open of us can only share a certain amount of our life on social media. So it <laughs> looks like we're living our best lives. But actually, the reality is we are, but we're also dealing with things, right? We're dealing with life. Yeah. Yeah. life and that,
1: more- That's something I'm really passionate about. So there were a couple of posts on my my Facebook page last week Um, I had one post on the one day where I was just feeling this weight of sadness in the world and I just went live. And if you're feeling that, I'm really sorry. This is how I'm here. I care. Lots of people care. Um, But then the next day it hit me. I had a real downer of a day and I could reverse engineer that and go, yeah, you had too much cake this week, Taz. And your perimenopausal and even with the HRT, too much sugar really screws with your your, your hormones. So I, I knew it was that. But I had such a slump. And I posted about it. I did a video about it, talking about how I was feeling, how low I was, just to make sure that anyone out there who thinks everybody's got their shit together, we don't some days. Mm-hmm. And then I did another video the day after, saying so I'm feeling much better now. And this is what I did to manage it. And here are some tips for you. Mm-hmm. So I am so, so determined to make sure that there's balance there. Because I think there are a lot of people who play the fake book and Instagram game. <laughs> there are... a lot- particularly in our in our profession particularly in the kind of coaching training profession there's always a slow mo video of somebody getting out of a swimming pool with a gleaming white smile and and abs we can only ever dream of i've got some that're just nicely protected and um, we my- yeah we compare don't we so i th- i think the things th- the thing to remember because every now and then somebody will say to me and it's always connected to a specific channel it'll always be something like oh twitter's really aggressive facebook's full of assholes LinkedIn is just full of people trying to sell me things and they're just starchy old men telling me that I should be posting on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Pick your channel. There's always going to be something.
0: Yeah.
1: And I always say that. but But our feed is what we make it. So, yes, <laughs> any of those social channels can seem like aggressive places. If we're scrolling and see somebody who is wrong on the Internet and then tell them, of course, <laughs> Facebook's faceless algorithm is just going to go, oh, they've engaged with that post. So they must want more of the same. So if we see somebody being an absolute jackass on social media and we go and tell them they're wrong or say, I think it's unfair that you're doing that. Facebook or LinkedIn or any of them, none of the algorithms can look and say, no, they're disagreeing with that. So we show them less. They're going to say they've engaged. So we show them more. So a few weeks back on Twitter, I'd engaged a couple of times with 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 the whole trans debate. There's such a horrid, horrid backlash against members of the, the trans community at the moment. And it, it really bothers me. And I'd commented on a couple of those posts. And, of course, within within the week, my feed had just become a war zone of, you know, trans supporters and allies and the JK Rolling Brigade and all the turfs and, and in the end, I ended up clicking and muting and unfollowing Everybody on both there shouldn't be sides, but both sides of that debate. I ended up just just muting everyone so that I could clean up my feed. Mm -hmm. Because if I just cleaned up the people I disagreed with, the people I did agree with were going to be angrily, vehemently venting their spleen about the other camp, Mm -hmm. and your feed's still full of it. So you've got to curate your feed every now and then. Whichever social channel I'm on, I'll I'll have a bit of a scroll, and I will actively either mute for thirty days or unfollow the people who are creating the content that does not give me a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, it's important to not put yourself in so much of a bubble that your worldview becomes distorted. I really believe in that. Yeah. So don't at the same time follow everyone with the same political ideas as you, for instance, or you'll just become skewed. But what I do is I'll unflo- unfollow all the things that are rattling my cage too much and upsetting my inner harmony and actively go and look for accounts that are going to feed my soul. So mm-hmm. some of the wildlife, accounts, Mr. Lumpy and friends are on most of the channels. Follow Mr. Lumpy, you know, or the, there's, there's one about field mice living in a hedgerow. And there's there's another one with the guy with the pet squirrel. And I'll go and follow all the fluffy stuff because just for a while, then my feed will become neutral. We just be, become full of nice things. And mm-hmm. if I then go, oh, oh, I haven't seen. I don't know. I haven't seen anything from Mel Robbins for a while. I'll go and look her up and comment and lo and behold, she'll start appearing on the feed again. Mm -hmm. And I do that on all of my channels. So it's not that any of the channels are aggressive or biased or upsetting or cruel. It's that every social channel represents a microcosm of the world of society. Mm -hmm. And so just as we wouldn't always go and uh, unless we love football thuggery, we would not pick a pub that we know is full of football thugs and hooligans and go and try and have a nice glass of rose there in a quiet evening with a bit of nora jones playing in the background it wouldn't happen we just wouldn't go to that pub so don't have it on your feed it's exactly the same thing if there are places you would not go because you don't like the vibe then you have to do the same with your social feeds it's that simple
0: so you touched on something about you know the 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 trans community and all of the stuff going on. This is not new. And I don't mean the trans community. What I mean is this whole, this is my opinion versus this is your opinion.
1: Polarisation.
0: Absolutely. So what I've done, especially this year, is Mm -hmm. make a decision that I'm putting a diversity and inclusion panel together. And the reason why I've done that is, even though I consider myself a well-rounded human being and I don't just mean my bottom, I mean...
1: (laughs) I mean you're on trend Leona they're meant to be like that these days you're good (laughs) mine cost
0: me nothing so um, but I felt it was important to bring people into the conversation that would help me see things from a different point of view how can we do that more because here's what I found either people are people are not interested or they're too afraid to speak up and go I don't understand like I yeah, I yeah. just don't get it and I'm afraid to say I don't get it just in case I get told off that I don't yeah. understand
1: yeah absolutely and and that's the same with, with any um well with any one of those those topics isn't it it's the same if you follow anything with, with BLM with Black Lives Matters It's the same with with any form of racism. It's the same with any kind of anything to do with gender. It's the same if you anything to do with vaccines or lockdowns. And there are some (laughs) of those issues, particularly vaccine lockdowns. I would say just just back away slowly. Don't engage because they are usually not actually about the topic. They're just a place for angry people to vent their spleen. And that's okay. We know again, we know not to go into that pub. Um, But with all with all of the other aspects, it, it is important. And I remember was it the last the last TED talk I did I think was called A Dangerous Rainbow and I almost didn't do it I was approached and someone asked if I'd come and speak about LGBTQ equality and inclusion mm-hmm. and I was really quite afraid of doing it because number one yeah I'm a gay woman but so what what's that got to do with my work nothing really mm-hmm. um, but number two did I want to be stirring all that up and after a while I thought, well, if, if you've been offered this opportunity. Then I think you need to take it. If you care about these things, then you need to walk your talk. And I, I did the talk, and I talked about what I call um the liberal blind spot. And I think that's what you were you were kind of inferring there with, with some people who just don't care. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is those of us who who see ourselves as being kind of yeah, agreeable, middle of the road, don't have a problem with with consenting adults doing whatever they want, that's all cool. Mm-hmm. But after a while, when we keep seeing comments about anything to do with equality Mm -hmm. people sometimes get to the i know that i'm on your side for god's sake will you just stop hitting me over the head with it Mm -hmm. and of course the message isn't for them and instead of these people going yeah this clearly still needs talking about let me go and do some research is this still an issue wow wow you tell me that hate crimes have actually grown since brexit why is that what really We don't because we surround ourselves with a social media bubble. We surround ourselves with lots of other people with like minds and we think there is no problem anymore. And when people start talking about the problem, we are just in the case of LGBTQ stuff, just a bunch of screaming queens trying to be special and create an issue where there's no issue. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is an issue. So we need to notice if we're getting to that. Just stop hitting me over the head with this um, phase. and go. Why is that message still important? Because I get it. I don't get why people are still wanting to go and spread that message so let me go and have a look is it actually okay now or am I in my nice cozy bubble and most of the time if there are still people talking about it we're going to be in our nice cozy bubble think about how much Ukraine was over news feeds when the when the war began and how rarely we see it in our news feeds now it's just happening isn't it and we've become immune Immune. it's still going on
0: I was just about saying immune and actually I've got I, I, I met a, a lady a mum and a daughter in Mexico both from Ukraine and yep. they obviously share all the time of what's going on and I'm like gosh you know because it is on the in the media even though I try not to get involved with the media yep. stuff even though because you just don't see it it's like it almost is not happening
1: well it's definitely but then we need, yeah but then we need to look at why we're not seeing it that is curating our feeds
0: mm-hmm.
1: so let's I'm picking on Facebook because I know a lot lot of your listeners are probably going to be on Facebook, but if we could pick on Facebook at first, when anything popped up about Ukraine, we were like, wow, what's happening? Let me see. I went and followed the Ukrainian news channel so I could actually see from the horse's mouth rather than getting UK spin on it. And we started to, we were interested. And then after a while we went, Oh God, are we still going on about Ukraine? I've already, I've already sent a load of donations. I don't, I don't know what else I can do. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to comment on that. Oh, What are they up to? What's Kanye done now? Let's go and look at that. Mm -hmm. And after a while, the algorithm will go, oh, they're not interested in that anymore. We'll stop putting that on the feed. So then we go, I've not heard anything about Ukraine for a while. It must be all calm now. And that's exactly what happens, and how we need to curate, curate our feed. It's not that it stopped happening; it's that we have stopped engaging with that information because we've got to that point of same as the liberal blind spot. Oh, really? I can't take any more of that. No, I'm just so down with everything. I need to look at some happy stuff, so it stops showing up.
0: Right, and that's. I think that's a very valid point because it it is overwhelming. There is so much. Like, yeah. I go, oh my god, I just want to fix the world, and I do need yeah. to help yeah. this person and yeah. this person starving, and blah. and
1: there is just it's almost overwhelming. Yeah. And that's where you need that middle ground, isn't it? Because the second you wade into one of those discussions, the polarities are going to be there and you can sometimes get caught in the middle and that becomes uncomfortable. So then we back away even more. So my mm. advice would be to every now and then just go and do some research. If you hear something and think, is that really still still an issue? Don't wade onto the post and go, really, is this still an issue in 2023? Because then you're just going to look like an ass and you're going to get a load of abuse for that. Yeah. Quietly take yourself off to Google and Google and research and find out if it is still an issue. And if so, what do you want to do about it? It's like with the whole with the whole trans debate, instead of listening to people saying they are children are being transitioned and they're being. No, they're not. No, they're not. It's, there's loads of skew around that. So before you leap onto the bandwagon, just go and do your own research. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had friends. You know, it's me. I've, I've, I met up with a friend around about Christmas time. Who was going on and on and on about the, the people who who menstruate thing and it's ridiculous isn't it why can't we just say women because what about trans people what about intersex people what about what what's so what but I thought that no so educate yourselves before you start fiercely nailing your flag to the mast of somebody that you like who may not have it straight either no pun intended <laughs>
0: I, I, it's a very important point there and it's and be, it's it's always evolving right yeah. so i, yeah. I don't I, I don't feel like a dinosaur in these conversations but i also understand that there is so much i don't know and over yeah. the last few years things have progressed quite quickly yeah. and I I, I I mean my daughter she knows far more than i do and i sit down and I'm like right you need to explain this thing to me tell yeah. me what is this all about yeah um, and it how do we have those conversations? Should we be reaching out to our peers? Should we be reaching out to our you know our, our people and saying, right, I don't understand, talk to me about it. Tell yeah. me what's going yeah. on for you. Tell me tell me how that affects you in a in a on an everyday on an everyday level. I had a lady who came on to um, my mid podcast actually, mm-hmm. um, a black lady, and she's written a book about her autistic child, mm-hmm. and um is a great book and it talks about yeah. you know, it, it, autism but she, do you know the, the, when she approached publishers they wanted to change the child to white and it didn't oh, even occur to me i mean i was just like what like why would that even be a thing and i i found my own ignorance from why would that even be a thing because yeah. that yeah. isn't anything in my head but that's almost yeah, yeah i mean absolutely so yeah. It was, oh my goodness, I didn't even think that that would be an issue in this day and age. <laughs> like, what yeah. kind of dinosaur era are we still living in? And yeah. so I had to show my naivety, I suppose, and my ignorance by going, I did not even contemplate that for a second, but other yeah. people would. Yeah. What do we do about that, Taz? How can we continuously have those conversations?
1: I think, again, it's to do with the, the most obvious way because we spend so much time on social media is curating our feed. So find the people who have good balanced views. Somebody to follow whichever channel you're on, particularly on LinkedIn, is go and look up look up um Katie Allen, who speaks a lot about allyship. She's a cis white woman mm-hmm. who she's really put herself in, in the middle there of trying to create um trying to get rid of so much of the division and help people to understand. Sign up to her newsletters. They're they're brilliant. And just go from there. Ask, who can I? I want to learn more about this. Who can I learn more from? Surround yourself with a with, with a diverse, with a diverse population of of contacts and people that you follow. Be willing to go and ask the questions instead of just leaping, leaping into the debate and believing whatever your peers are saying. So, you know, look at something that really should not be contentious, but is. look at somebody like Meghan Markle with how, People have gone at t- taken this absolute divide, and about I would say probably about 99.9% recurring of the, the uh, uh, people uh, of the percentage of people who have an opinion on Meghan Markle have never met Meghan Markle. <laughs> so, where are these opinions coming from? You know, and then people start bringing up Diana as well. It's like, how many of you actually met Diana? How many of you met Charles? How many of you have met Car- Camilla? How many of you know? anything outside of what you've read in your chosen newspaper or on social channels your opinion is formed from other people's opinions and that is never healthy so you've got to get out there get into the mix find the people who are the spokespeople for equality diversity equity and equality actually not a lot of people recognize the difference between equality and equity there is a difference Mm -hmm. we need to go and make ourselves aware of the people who are in a place of balance and are helping to educate Mm -hmm. and if we're not doing that then really we shouldn't be allowing ourselves to have a voice if we're not fully versed and I think that's another really important point actually isn't it particularly with social media just pause before you start venting your spleen and having an opinion and think does this does this discussion or debate actually need my opinion does this need for instance there there was there was something to do with 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 race and and blm on on linkedin i think a few months back and i was reading it with interest and feeling really supportive of some of the people there and then was about to comment but stopped but hold on does this discussion actually need another white cis woman chiming in for no reason other than to make myself feel better for saying i support you Mm. does it need that you, you might have an opinion, but does that discussion need it? That's a really interesting training point for us all to be sitting with as well.
0: Absolutely. And that's a very interesting. You want people to feel like you support them. But actually, is it valid in that moment? Do they really need yeah. to hear that you support them when they're in that and amongst that conversation? So maybe not. Maybe yeah. actually the reality is you need to wait and then have a conversation at a different time.
1: Yeah. And the other point coming out of that is check in with yourself for everyone. I include myself in this, too. Mm-hmm. Do we want people to feel that we support them or do we want people to see that we are supporting that particular? Right. Is
0: it, is it coming
1: from a place of ego? <laughs> or fear? Or yeah, fear because absolutely. very often fear masks as ego.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because we are afraid. I mean, definitely I've experienced that myself. I. It's almost like sometimes you have to feel like you've got to prove that you are not this way so therefore and therefore you need to speak out to prove to people x y and z but in in that it's not coming from the right place I mean it's a whole it's a whole thing but
1: yeah and we grow um, up like that don't we when we're in this in the playground we do that we grow up being afraid of the way that we feel or something that we might think and so we do the opposite testament is me to me dating so many boys because there's no way on earth I could possibly be a leather. you know it's <laughs> we do <laughs> you are so funny how is that gorgeous wife of yours
0: tell everybody that's listening just to how awesome your wife is
1: how awesome my wife is my bloody awesome gorgeous gorgeous wife oh she's just amazing she's uh helping loads of people publish their books she's so proud that she, I'm proud of what she's doing there because for years she sat wanting to tell stories she went into journalism as i did we've got very similar career paths and for years i thinking, but that wasn't quite the storytelling i wanted to do i want i want to really tell people stories i want to go deeper i want to help people write their books and it was only when she saw me get being screwed over by the publisher i bought my rights back from that she went i'm going to do it i'm going to launch my own company and she she did so she's now helping people to write their books and coaching them through it and coaching them with content from everything from social posts to blogs to articles oh she, she's awesome and yesterday she disappeared into the kitchen for about 20 minutes after an amazon delivery and came back in i i heard us i heard her drop something and then swear to herself what's, what's that about But i would <laughs> had strict instructions to stay out of the kitchen and she eventually turned up with a gift bag inside a gift bag and all these little gifts for me that she knows i've been a bit stressed lately so she put all these little little gifts there was one with a sign telling me i was awesome there was a little mini journal I could write things out on and to, to keep in my bag there was a mini Rubik's snake so I'd got something to fiddle with and just de-stress myself without being stuck into my phone there was a little teddy bear with a heart but the thing that had dropped that she was cursing about was she put a load of wedding confetti in little heart shapes so this bag every little thing she'd wrapped up was filled with confetti and it went everywhere but what oh, yeah. she'd actually done in the kitchen was drop the box, and the box, <laughs> the, dog, the dog's water bowl, was filled with rapidly expanding pink and white hearts. Oh, so well, yeah. support the
0: counts.
1: Good job. She's a, she's Good awesome. Job. Yeah. Good job. Love her to Taz,
0: be. Taz. Before yeah. you go, where can everybody find you?
1: Well, obviously, in all those debates where I'm just being a keyboard warrior, <laughs> um, <laughs> find the contentious mm-hmm. things, and I, and I won't be there. Um, you can find me on. Pretty much every social channel. Just search Taz Thornton and I'll be there. Not Snapchat because I'm kind of there, but no. Um, everywhere else you'll find me. <laughs> TazThornton.com, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm everywhere. Just find I me.
0: Love
1: I love it. Thank you so much for
0: spending time with me today, Taz. Oh, really thank you. It. It's you, legend as always. Ladies, <laughs> gentlemen, everybody go check out Taz. She is a legend. Very proud of her. Well, wow, I'm just proud of you because you're a ledge. You're and I know oh, right being, back at you being a ledge takes a lot of hard work. It does, it does. <laughs> it does. From one ledge to another. Absolutely. Taz, thank you so much. Thanks, Leona. Bye bye.